freedom is never more than one generation away from extinction. We didn't pass it on to our children in the bloodstream. The only way they can inherit the freedom we have known is if we fight for it, protect it, defend it, and then hand it to them with the well-taught lessons of how they in their lifetime must do the same. And if you and I don't do this, then you and I may well spend our sunset years telling our children and our children's children what it once was like in America when men were free. Everybody, welcome to episode number 331 of Gun Freedom Radio, where we engage, we educate, and we inform. We are brought to you by azfirearmsauctions.com, where you set the price on guns, ammo, and accessories. I am one of your hosts, Cheryl Todd. And I'm the other guy, Dan Todd. Our theme today is Second Amendment on the Runway, and our guest today is Amanda Suffolkul. Amanda is a pro-Second Amendment leader, trainer, and educator. She is an Ohio Southern Southeastern Region Director for the DC Project, host of the syndicated radio show Eye on the Target, and she is a cre creator of the NRA Carry Guard Conceal Carry Fashion Show. Absolutely. Welcome back to the show, our awesome friend, Amanda. Hey, thanks for having me. We also have to say that we're recording this today, mm -hmm, which, which is, is, I don't know, it's today, but it's Amanda's <laughs> birthday. It is Amanda's, Amanda's birthday. birthday. Happy and, birthday. And we're not saying how old I am. We're just not saying. It's not a milestone birthday, so I'm celebrating that. <laughs> there you go. Oh, my gosh. Uh, but it is Monday, July 19th of 2021. So uh, happy birthday to you and, and doing work on your birthday, right? You should be off uh, with your feet propped up, you know, because you always oh, yeah. have so much extra People, time in your life, who right? Who doesn't work on their birthday? Yeah. Do you, we don't, all, do all you know anybody do. That, <laughs> doesn't, that doesn't work on their birthday? Not in my circle, not in your circle, not no. in those circles. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, no. Plus, we love what we do. So, you know, so it's um, not really work. Exactly. That's what they no. tell us anyway. And, and we buy yeah. into it. Uh, let's dive directly into this concealed carry fashion show 2A on the runway. Yeah. Isn't that, isn't that great? So um, I've been doing fashion shows for, for Realize, which is the not-for-profit based in Ohio since um. Since 2014 is when we started videotaping them. So we've been doing them for quite a while. And um, it's really kind of crazy because they've been featured on Vice. They've been featured on HBO. The NRA called me and asked me to teach them how to do it. Um, and I wrote a book on, on it so that if you have a club or an organization and you want to be able to do a fashion show, I'll give you the ins and outs. So because I think that we want to do them everywhere. It's a great education in a fun kind of sporty way. And um, so that's kind of where the path we've been going down. And then a couple of weeks ago, the NRA called me and said, look, uh, we've got some time and some space at the annual meeting in Houston. Would you produce a fashion show in Houston? And I'm like, would I? Uh, yeah, you don't have to ask me twice. 
So it's phenomenal. Congratulations. And it's going to be such a great thing for the people that, that come to the annual meetings because there's it so really much is. Fun. It's so much fun. And, um, you know, the thing is, is the annual meeting is like a, is like a giant party. And so you go, you walk the floor and then there's stuff that happens before the floor opens and stuff that happens after the floor closes. Mm -hmm. And so we are part of the Saturday night lineup of entertainment and, and that will be, so we're in the Hilton America's ballroom doing the fashion show. And so it's, um, it, it starts and we open, well, we'll just say the bar opens the minute the show floor closes. (laughs) And, um, and from there, they can come in, chat with us, chat with different people who are, who are models. Um, and, and you and I know that the DC project is integral in pretty much everything we do. Mm-hmm. So we've got the DC project also going to be in the room. So people will get to see some of the Teal for 2A girls and, um, and hear those stories. So it's going to be, it's going to be a great, a great lineup. That is fantastic. And I have had the huge privilege and honor of having been one of your runway models. And it's the only time and place I will ever be asked to be a runway model. But it's so much fun because especially I think at, a, at an event like the NRA annual meetings where it is such a, you know, a it's like old home week, you know, it's, Mm -hmm. it is a big party. You could really play off the crowd and, you know, play up as much as you want as you're, you know, doing your sachet down the runway and, you know, showing how and where you're concealed. And of course you use, um, inner, uh, plastic, uh, blue guns, if you will. Yes. Yes. Uh, and so it's just totally safe, totally fun and educational at the same time. I have bought, um, oh gosh, help me out. The lion and the lamb, I think is. Right, from incognito where I act, yes. Love that top. It's like an undershirt Mm -hmm. and then an overshirt and it's so comfortable. I wear it just just because it's so comfortable. Mm -hmm. I love it. Um, So uh, are you, what are the lines? I think that's maybe without giving too much much away of what people are going to see, but what are some of the lines you're going to be showing? Um, so we've got Asphalia gear, we've got Dean Adams, we've got the incognito wear and she is, well, we're, we're waiting. We've got one and maybe one in, in the waiting. There may be one hot off the press from her, uh, next belt, um, you know, there's, we're still lining up people. And so there's all of these people who, because we only started this two weeks ago, it's really, it's really pretty uh, tight time frame to kind of get everybody lined up, seeing who's doing what, where's the stuff, how are they getting it, where's the program, but it's, it should be, well, it will be a great it amount will. of fun. One of the it things that we found is that a lot of the companies are like, yeah, I'm not a model. And I'm like, well, I have enough hammy friends that say, here, pick me. And so, so, and they come and they have such a good time because all of their hammy friends are on the, on the runway with them. And so each one plays off of the other one. And so when the models have a good time, the audience has a good time. And it just feels like it's a big circle of friends teaching you new things. Absolutely. And so it is, it's, it is great, great fun because of, because of that. And, um, you know, there's, when new people start to conceal carry, they feel like there's this giant sign 
that says, don't look here or look here. This is where you're concealing it. And you, you're like, I'm sure it's printing and I'm sure people are noticing. We want to show you what you can't see. And we want to show you that you can't see it. Yeah. And that's really the heart of what the fashion show is about, is demonstrating that we're carrying full-size guns, we're carrying tiny guns, we're carrying guns in your ankle, at, on a thigh holster, at a waist, or a corset, or a bra holster, or under arm, or, you know, there's so many different ways to carry to, on the front of your body, on the back of your body, in a bag, and there's so many different ways that we want to demonstrate all of those ways, and have people see that when you first start down the runway, I know you've got a gun, but where? Where is where, it? Where is it? Let's let's look. And so you walk halfway down before you start the first reveal. Mm -hmm. And then, then you're like, aha, look at that. And then when you put it back, they're like, aha, do I even see it now? Right? Yeah. So. And you ha are so brilliant about uh, choosing, you know, not only women, but men as well, people mm -hmm. of every height, every, uh, you know, size and shape and, you know, because it really, it, it, it impacts how and where we think we can carry. And sometimes we're very surprised what yeah, we can you know, guys have trouble with. too, trying to figure out. That's true. Where they're at, you know, that's in fact, true. you guys have a lot, a lot more places to carry a gun. Women have a lot more options. That's true. I, mean, I, I just don't look good in a bra holster. <laughs> no. It's just not it's just, your thing. But anyway, so, so, you know, the guys, I've, I've been to several of those shows mm -hmm. and I, they're fun. They're mm -hmm. a lot of fun and it does give you ideas. Hey, I didn't know I could do that. So Absolutely. great. Um, congratulations on that. And, it, you're, and you're so right because we, we discount the guys. When we first started to do this, we were doing it all women and the guys were like, wait, 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 what about us? And, um, and so right about now we ended up like 25% of our models are guys demonstrating different ways to carry in different places to carry. And then um, now and then, now and then we throw in something a little fun. Like uh, the last time we did a, a fashion show, I gave Rob, my co-host and partner, you know, a big burly guy with a beard and, you know, and he's so laid back, but I gave him a man purse and um, <laughs> or satchel, satchel, right? Give him because... a satchel. <laughs> Indiana Jones carries one. So. Right. So I gave him a satchel to model. And so when he gets there and it's like, okay, so start to show us. And he pulls out, he pulls out some mace and he pulls out a tactical flashlight and then he pulls out a sandwich and then he pulls out the gun. And <laughs> by the time great. he pulls out the sandwich, the audience is like, okay, I'm dying here. They're rolling. Well, and then his picture is right over your shoulder there. And so really Somebody should fashion almost like a bow tie, uh, sort of a, a holster so he could have a beard gun, you know, because oh, we could, yeah, because we could put it right under totally get away with that, right? <laughs> a turtleneck with a beard gun. Yes, that would <laughs> Rob is gonna um now murder me the next time he sees me for I, even I suggesting think, it. I think there's a whole poem about the old man with the beard and two two birds and a wren or something that are all living in his beard. Uh, something, I think we could look that up. Maybe, maybe okay. we'll have to run it. <laughs> I like it. And then when it becomes a thing, it never, it wasn't having anything to do with me. I'm, no, I'm, no. Mm -hmm. I'm denying any part of this. Okay. Let's move on. Speaking of your amazing co-host, who is a walking encyclopedia of everything 
gun related. Mm -hmm. It is just absolutely amazing. Every time I get a chance to, to just sit down and chat with Rob, we were in Ohio recently together, taking some training and uh, having dinner together. And I was just like a sponge, just soaking up all of his knowledge. Um, so talk to us about what's going on with the radio show. And just now, as I said, all of that, I saw on your uh, social media yesterday, you put up a post about your dad and he looks like an exact replica, only skinnier version of your brother, Rob. And I never knew anything about your dad until I read that post, yeah. you know, God rest his soul, but what an amazing person he must've been to have instilled what he has in in two, two of his children, both of his children, all of yep, his children. Two. There, there's three of us. So two, two are, yes, yeah, huge second amendment advocates. Um, so it's really, it's really pretty funny. My sister shoots cowboy action shooting. So, so all of his kids are gun people in some way, but she's like, she'll be on the other side of the gun, not on the mic, you know, that kind of thing. But, um, yeah, my father was a collector of Ruger 357s of enough renown that um when he passed away we inherited 37 of exactly the same gun <laughs> i so, i understand that what's wrong with that coming from that kind of family yeah, well, i yeah, i get that but i was gonna say that and the funny part was is that to the outsider it was exactly the same gun to the insider every one of them had their own little features or something and go. so it was every manufacturing variation from 1955 to 1973 wow. that Ruger made in their very first centerfire, which is the 357, that was in a flat top or a bridge top. So, so their original cowboy gun that came out in 1955 in response to the cowboy movies mm -hmm. is where my father collected. That is and so, so cool. the picture that's showing up on social media is my father with a portion of his collection at one of the Ruger display shows. And so he's leaning against it. But as you look, they, they're all exactly the same, the same gun with, with different variations. That's very cool. But you were saying you were at a show and, and he was still greatly honored by the oh, people yeah. that knew him. And yeah, it was really, it was really funny because I mean, they, they make you almost cry. Yes. But um, so it, it was so many of his friends were like, I miss him. And I'm like, yeah, me too. And, um, but it was really cool. It was just, it's a legacy. That's another level of legacy. And I think absolutely. And I think that's a, a, a statement about who so many of us in the, in the firearms industry, the second amendment community, whatever phrase you want to use to describe right. those of us that, that know and see each other around the tool and the rights, who mm -hmm. we are as people, like we are genuinely friends with each other you know, right. And, and those relationships are long lasting. And I, I just thought that was so beautiful. So, um, I know I so, caught yeah, you guard with that, but thank you. For yeah, sharing. it was, it was pretty cool. Um, you know, it really is pretty cool. And so as we started to do what we've been doing for years, my dad would, would kind of monitor what was happening and, and he would track it and he would listen. And then he would tell us where we were right or where we were wrong or what we didn't think about. And, you know, it was, it was pretty, it's pretty cool stuff. So, we grew up going to gun shows. I mean, I literally grew up going to gun shows, walking from one place to another. And Rob, with his amazing memory and his insatiable curiosity, would stop and ask questions. 
And all these little old guys would tell him things. And he would, so he would spend the whole day at the gun show just talking from one. Now he is one of those little old men, but <laughs> he, he would spend his time talking to them all. And um, so what's really fun now is you go to a gun show with Rob and you'll walk up to anything and you'll be like, huh, I've never seen one of those. Tell me, tell me about this. And he will roll it out and he will tell you. Everything. And so, like every yeah, dates, everything. like variations, everything. everything. It's amazing. The whole thing. So, so when we were at the gun show, we saw a gun called the Evans Thunderbolt. Danny, have you ever heard of that? No. Evans? It was, it was amazing. It was an 1873 firearm built in Maine, Mechanic Falls, Maine, that had a tube. So it loaded from the buttstock. And so it really was like one of the first all metal guns that then had decorative wood put on, but the metal went from the buttstock up as a tube to the action and then continued on from there. And the gun that I saw at the gun show, think about this, was built in 1873 and looked like brand new. They had had to store it in a closet, in a drawer, someplace that didn't shift, didn't move. There, there was no rust, there was no nicks, there was, there was nothing. And the wood was two pieces that, so, because there's a center tube that was maybe inch, inch and a quarter diameter. And so these snapped on both sides. And so this wood was really delicate and no chips, no cracks, no, wow. it looked brand new. So it's 150 years old and looked like it had just been manufactured. And it and was- it's, And it's not in your safe? <laughs> I just have to say that pretty much everything that I stopped and went ooh about had a price tag that started about fifteen thousand dollars. <laughs> that's that's so the person the knew. <laughs> yeah, when you first go to gun shows, you buy anything hundred dollar, two hundred dollars. Then after a couple of years, it's like five hundred dollars. Then after like we get to our age, and it's like that's a nice twenty thousand dollar gun. I should buy that, but I can't afford it. You know, you can have a car. Right. So, yeah, or your taste gun. grows. Right, and you know, and so it's the unique stuff, and it's. For me, I mean, my, my personal background, for me, it's, it's looking at how someone could design and manufacture. So it's the manufacturing aspects of how did they make that? How did they imagine that? How did they build that so that it would hold up for all of these years? Right. Oh, I love it. That's but... my part too. I, I really like to know how things work. Absolutely. And uh, that's the fun part about the gun stuff. You know, it's a shame that there are people that are trying to take that away from us because I remember it was family. You know, I, I was selling guns at 12 years old because it was before 68 and we didn't okay. have, you know, you could do that. And I'd go to right. gun shows. I'd have my own table. My dad would have a table next to me and people would say, does your dad say this is okay? So my dad has nothing to do with this. This, this is all mine. You know? right. And, and, but you learn, you know, you lose sometimes you win. Sometimes you, you learn how to deal with people, how to talk to people it's, it's an experience that I think every person should go through mm-hmm. because right. it, it gives you that ability to, to, to operate, to, to do things. So, Navigate um, yeah. The world. So, uh, I mean, I, I still have my fondest memories of going to the gun shows with my dad. Absolutely. You know? um, so yeah, it is it, it, both families. It is a, a legacy thing. So going back to the radio show and mm-hmm. the fact that you and your brother are co-hosts and that has got to be so much fun 
to be able to, to have built this together. Where did you guys start and where are you now? And what is just over the horizon? Okay, where did we start? Well, it, it started as crazy as it is. Um, I was I was in manufacturing and so I was the plant manager at a sunroom and solarium company running running their manufacturing when they had a big implosion, if you will, of, of management. And so there was about 10 of us who all were replaced all at the same time because of politics. It was that someone hired us, they didn't like that someone. So all the president's men went. Yes. <laughs> and so, um, you know, I'm sitting there just shy of 40 years old and I'm like, I don't know what I'm gonna do when I grow up. And Rob said, if I get to do anything at all. I would, I would start a fire and training school. And I'm like, there's no money in that. And he's like, no, there is. And I'm like, no. And so I sat down to write a business plan to prove him wrong. <laughs> Good luck with that, proving him wrong on anything. And then darn it, we're in business, right? <laughs> so, so we kind of started there. And then um, the radio station contacted us and asked us if we would come and talk about what we know. And so they asked us for a 15 minute interview that's turned into three hours. Then they asked us back the next month. And then the, by the third month, they offered us our own show. Awesome. So that's where that started in 2010. And then um, 2018, we were nationally syndicated. And then at the end of 2020, we went to on-demand TV. So right now we're on, we're on the radio, we're your podcast, we are on on-demand TV. So that's kind of where, where I on the target radio is right now. Um, you know, I'm taking a I'm taking a page out of your book and and hiring some help because I'm only one person and man, I'm I'm, you know, maxed so out I, to the end. Yes, I am maxed out. So I'm trying to look at things and say, what can I hand off? Mm -hmm. And then I hand it over and then I pull it back and then I hand it over and then I pull it back. But <laughs> I I think I'm I think I'm handing more than I'm pulling. So I I'm, I'm good yeah. there. You're growing. And, That's amazing. <laughs> so there's that piece. And then um, we're going to start and, and it's just timing to do a podcast and a TV show for the DC project called women that, for gun rights. That is amazing. And that so is that's phenomenal. That's, that's the next thing that's kind of coming out. And, um, oh, and for, for Eye on the Target, and this is kind of an insider baseball, insider industry thing, is that we got an invitation to be on Radio Row at SHOT Show. Awesome. So, so that is, that a, is a, that's a huge, that is a big, big deal. So, I mean, in the lineup with Tom Gresham, Mark Walters, Sebastian Gorka, um, Mike Gallagher, and me. Amazing. <laughs> Who would have thought, you know? So I'm I'm pretty darned excited about that as a as a step forward. See where see where we can take this thing, you know? You've earned it. Uh, it's been an amazing thing to to watch you grow and and do these new things. And you and I both kind of have this mutual appreciation society thing going that you know it's like a healthy competition. I see you do something amazing, and I'm like, well, it's been about five minutes since I've done anything new. I better figure something out because I'm inspired, you know, by what you've done, and I want to grow. 
So it's, it's a wonderful thing. And uh, can you tell us any more about the, the DC Project podcast? Because uh, that is going to be phenomenal. We have at least one lady in every single state across the yeah. nation. Speaking Think about it. It'll about be one. Yeah. So what's going so, on in their state? So we can hit one state a week all year long. Um, so so it, it puts it together. It shouldn't, it shouldn't dry out for topics. Um, I had, there, there was just some, I've got some people who are helping me and they have some conflicts. And so we're just kind of slowly trying to, trying to work through those conflicts. And part of them then is they're trying to teach me how to do the backside stuff. So if they have a conflict, then I can be my own video producer. Yes. yes. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it's wonderful once you got the skills, but learning the skills, that is not a fun oh, learning curve. Yeah, we're, we're, we're right there. But I am, I am so excited about it. And um, so my whole, the target is to have it by, by the 1st of August. I had said the 1st of July, but we've shifted it back to the 1st of August. But yeah, so that's kind of where we are. So we are, it's, it is going to happen. It's going to be amazing. I think that the, it's such a rich environment for information because, um, you know, I, I pretty much know what's going on in my state, but if you said, Hey, what's happening over there in, you know, pick a state, Georgia, wherever, right. I, I, I don't know, uh, you know, so this will give us a chance to, to tighten our network, which I think is everything when the more people know each other and the, the closer our relationships mm -hmm. are, you know, we can get stuff done at the speed of a text. You know, somebody has a question. Well, I don't know, but I know somebody in Georgia that does. Right. And, and I think that the other beauty of this is that the stuff that the DC project does is so amazing. Mm -hmm. The work that they do. Uh, and I mean, if you look this year, we've had, I think four or five gals invited to Washington to testify in House Judiciary Committees and yes. Senate Judiciary Committees. And, you know, so, so our girls are, are doing amazing things. Absolutely. And if we can cause people to see the DC project for what it is and what it's doing, mm -hmm. and the counter to some of the anti-gun groups that are mm -hmm. extremely well-funded, mm -hmm. then it will help this group to do the things that they're trying to do. And Absolutely. so that's, that's really, really the big part is to get the word out, get the message out, cause people to understand who we are, what we're doing, what we're accomplishing, and um, whether it's in their home state or on a national level, but home state stuff counts because that's where the fight really is. If it doesn't get to grow there, it doesn't get to bubble up to the national level. Oh, for sure. Absolutely. And, you know, the, the other side, right, the moms demand, the, the people with the big bucks, the Bloomberg people, you know, they do, uh, you know, look to see what's been successful for them, which is, you know, to, to our detriment, I think, as a nation. But uh, they look to see what's successful in one state, and they build on that. And then they build on that, and they build on that. I mean, just look at even on each, each coast, you know, you'll have the New Yorks, right? You'll have the Californias. And so their gun laws change, their rights change, and then it starts bleeding inward, inland. Uh, if it can work against what our founding fathers fought, bled, starved, and died to do, then it can absolutely work in the other direction to take us back to these principles. So I, 
I think that what Diana Muller put into motion with the DC project uh, a few short years ago, like five years ago, and look where yeah. we are already. Mm -hmm. And, and this podcast is going to be a huge part of that. So speaking of uh, our local areas, what is going on since you are the uh, Southwest Southeastern Region Director for the DC Project? What's uh, bubbling up in your particular neck of the woods? Well, so the, the thing is, is that at the Tommy Gun Warehouse in Scranton in October, they're going to be doing an event for us. And we're still trying to nail down exactly what the event is, but Car Arms is a big supporter of the work that we do. And so um, we expect at the Rod of Iron Festival, the second week of October, to be doing some kind of a, whether it is an afternoon wine party or a gala or something, that supports the DC project. So there will be that. Um, Virginia and darn it, one of the Carolinas is going <laughs> together to do an event down there. And then all of the state leaders are invited to go to Gainesville. So they're coming to my district, right? <laughs> to, um, to do a state leaders summit in the third week of October to start to educate the new leaders of the different states and to really, I think the, the key to it is the cross-pollination of what are people doing in their states and what are they doing in their organizations and what's working and what's not working and how can they do it. And when you look, here's the challenge to anybody who's watching this, go to dcproject.info and then go to the tab this is about and then start reading about the ladies who are involved in the DC project. And they're not all on there yet, but you will find names and faces of people that are doing things all over the country. And they've decided that they also want to do them with the DC project. And, and it's, it's, an it's an amazing lineup of women. I, I tell people it's like going to summer camp with your heroes. <laughs> I love that. It's so true. And then the challenge I would like to give to our viewers is once you have checked out what the DC project in, uh, is, what the DC project is doing, like Amanda said, we have ladies that are being called to Congress to testify on behalf of supporting and protecting our Second Amendment rights. Then you understand that we're all trying to meet at this state leader summit coming up soon in October of 2021. <laughs> Uh, there's many of us who volunteer is everything that we do is volunteer, right? We have regular jobs. We have many of us are parents or grandparents. So it's hard for us to break away from our lives. Sometimes it's cost prohibitive for us to break away from our lives. So as Amanda said, check out the DC project at dcproject.info and consider possibly Instead of, you know, that next Starbucks you were going to buy, maybe try to throw some money in there and try to help some of our ladies that otherwise may not be able to afford to go to the summit. Did I say that about right, Amanda? I, I think you're right, because the, the thing that, that they're doing, the ladies are doing, is we say that they're going on their own dime and on their own time. So they have to take vacation time. They have to schedule. I mean, if they've got animals or kids or husbands or they're scheduling pet sitters and and telling the husband sorry we're not going to the beach for vacation because i just used it to go with my girlfriends and you're staying home 
right? I mean, there's all of that kind of stuff that happens. So the whole family dynamic is, is put on hold while the women go to say, look, I'm going to save the nation. Yes. Yeah, it's really oh, hard absolutely. to find husband setters. Yeah. <laughs> so Cheryl just has me go and I just do the luggage. There you go. He, he there you go. But he is the famous Danny Todd, right? right. Every time no. you see him. Yeah. That's... So I, I get carrier <laughs> luggage. And... No, but you know, if, if we could have done this 20 years ago, we wouldn't be setting where we are right now. I agree. Because I really do believe that women have the power to really communicate well and get the message out there something that men lack and so thank you for that because you know my dad was really strong on gun rights and he was a voice but if they could have got families involved not just the the men in their little mm -hmm. clubs they had but if they could get the families involved because when the women get involved the kids get involved and the friends get involved mm -hmm. so oh, that, um, that's a great point danny the when you say that when you get the women involved and the kids get involved, think about it this way. When, when mom says there is no gun in my house. Mm -hmm. There's no gun in the house. There's no gun in the house. He may right. figure out something else. It may be at a friend's. It may be at a lockbox. It may be at the club, but there's no gun in the house. If you can get mom to be pro-gun, mm -hmm. then all of a sudden you have a pro-gun family in its entirety. Mm -hmm. And then those pro-gun families raise broken children in you know in constitutional thought processes and, and their friends so, come too they're you know the kids want to shoot hey can we take bobby with us to go shooting this weekend so they get permission from bob's mom and then they go and they shoot and then now everybody's talking about guns and the good things that guns are yes mm -hmm. absolutely i love it and you know uh we'll start wrapping up but again when we have these ladies who are connected to the dc project invited to the nation's capital to you know testify in front of congress who's paying for the plane ticket who's playing paying for the um the hotel room and and the meals on the road and maybe a rental car or lots of ubers you know it's because it's dc and there's no place to park um you know we we don't have a big sugar daddy like bloomberg and maybe that's a good thing because then it really is truly grassroots but we would hate for someone vital to the conversation to not be able to afford to go and testify in front of Congress uh, because it's money, you know, that, that money is the thing that prevents them from going. So it's, I know that, that there's a lot of worthy causes out there, um, but I think that, that the DC project has to rank right up there with any of them that you know you put your money where your mouth is if you want to really know what you value you check your credit card statement in your calendar it'll well, tell it's you working it is definitely working and for the guys that are at home with their wives that are doing this you didn't have the opportunity to go and see what's happening behind the scenes it's working it's not just a bunch of women getting together talking they're going to congress people congressmen and women and they're uh they're saying what they feel that's true and it does make a difference. So. Absolutely. Well, Miss Amanda, we are about out of time, but I want to thank you so much for all that you do. Thank you for taking the time on your birthday again to come and chat with us. So how do people follow all of the things that you do? You wear a ton of hats. Uh, so what is the best way for people to stay tapped in to all that you do? 
Well, I I don't hide a lot. So my Facebook page is my name. Um, and I'm, I'm starting to hit right up against that bumper. So so I have created the public face page. And so I'm, I'm starting to shift over to that just because I've got I've got the cap. Um, so so just look for Amanda Suffolk and that would be the the first thing. The second is go to our website for Eye on the Target Radio, E-Y-E, Eye on the Target Radio dot com. And from there, you can see what we're doing, catch the archives of the of the prior shows. You know, it's got a little bit of all of that. And um, so that's that's the start of I try to I try to put it out there, get people get to get an idea of who I am and what I am just by those two things. And maybe as my um, as my assistant Nikki grows in skill set, we'll expand out. But I'm at I'm at bandwidth. I am tapped at yes, bandwidth right now. Yes, ma'am. So. Because another thing that you and I do is we're on the organization committee of a thing called AMCON, right? Mm -hmm. So that's a convention for Second Amendment media people, right? To get together and share recipes and ideas and skills. Um, and also we both speak at the gun rights policy conference every year, which this year isn't going to require travel again which I say, unfortunately, because, you know, it's, it's digital two years in a row and I miss being with other people. Uh, but you'll be speaking at that as well. So uh, that's something to not miss. Amanda's speeches are legendary and uh, sometimes scandalous. And I will leave it at that for people to <laughs> wonder about and make sure they, they tune into. Whoops, maybe I should have had a filter. We'll leave it at that. No way. Don't ever get a filter. It's amazing. All right. Thank you so much. We will talk soon. Bye, Amanda. Bye. Bye. -bye. Yeah, she uh she's busy. Absolutely. Absolutely. All right. Oh my gosh. Uh scandalous. Maybe not scandalous, but uh definitely you will remember a couple of her speeches because they're um they're not boring. Let's well, just put it that way. I have to say, I'm disappointed. Three years in a row, I get denied to be in the fashion show because my Speedo is too tight. <laughs> Three years. Uh, I have a concealed carry permit for my Speedo. Uh, okay. And she tells me, yeah, we're full right now. <laughs> now for all the people who are listening are like, oh my gosh, you can't gouge out the mind's eye on that. I can't. That is now forever <laughs> implanted in my brain, that vision. <laughs> awesome oh my gosh well yes um such an amazing person amanda is and her brother rob yeah. i have to have him on at some point i don't know why i haven't had rob on yet but um i mean because we've had people reach out to us and say let's talk more about the tools themselves and so that since that's not really like my thing i and i set the shows up i don't usually go in that direction it's your thing you and rob could, could probably be, take a three-hour show just before you even take a breath well you know the pirates of the caribbean ride where that skeleton's up there says you know too much <laughs> that's rob they tell him that it's, when he goes to a gun show I there's think, a sign out there that says you know too yeah, much i think you're right you're right but it's awesome you know i mean that's just from the years of just doing things mm -hmm. absolutely things. and that touching on that legacy piece um recently uh, Jeff Knox sent us a picture that was so nostalgic for, for us, especially Dan, um, that 
just really realigned things for me about what an amazing legacy it is when you start, um, you know, tapping into our constitutional rights and understanding what they are about, where they came from, who our founders were, that they put everything on the line. It, it becomes part of your family. Yeah. Line. And you, like a legacy, like you said, and it's funny because, you know, when uh, Neil Knox was doing this, my dad was doing it. Right. Well, we're... let me set up what the picture oh, okay, is. Okay. You jumped ahead. Okay. Um, so the photograph showed, and I think it was in seventies, early seventies uh, at the Arizona state Capitol. It was Larry Pratt, who's the dad of Eric Pratt, who runs gun owners of America. It was Neil Knox, who is the dad of Chris and Jeff Knox, who run the Firearms Coalition and have written. And he was the president of the NRA. At, uh, well, almost like he was in line to be president. Okay, okay. Um, and one of the books behind me, I thought I could point to it immediately, is um, all of uh, Neil's writings that Jeff and Chris have compiled. Um, and then Curtis Todd. Curtis Todd is the dad of. Danny Todd, all standing together at some rights event on the nation's capital. And we now help organize the celebrate and protect the we second should do a amendment. picture of us there. Right. I do. I want to have yeah. the next generation standing together and get a photo. Um, but so here's this photo. And it was like, oh, my gosh, this is amazing. And so now that it's set up, go ahead. It's just amazing that, you know, when my dad was doing that and Neil Knox was doing it, uh, they were, we lived in the same city, same state, same everything, but we never, I never met Jeff mm -hmm. or Isn't that Chris. Funny? And then, you know, my dad passes away, Neil passes away. And then all of a sudden, you know, we see Jeff here and there and, mm -hmm. you know, and we're carrying, we're trying to care. We're trying. It's such a heavy burden mm -hmm. to, to even try to feel the shoes that my dad did. Mm -hmm. If my dad would have had the tools that we had today, mm -hmm. we probably would be living at the White House right now. <laughs> I mean, and Neil's too. Yeah. If we had the tools, yeah. I mean, they, my dad had a printing press in his garage. It's 115 degrees outside. Like the old mimeograph yeah. kind of yeah. crank handle. No, he thing. had a professional, I mean, it was the kind you push a button and it pressed. Okay. But he started out with one of those. And, you know, he worked a regular job. Then after he got done with that job, he would do that. He would go to meetings. He'd have people over. Barry Goldwater had been to our house. Mm -hmm. You know, just talking to people and all that. If he would have had, you know, that was just with mail-in by paper. So true. No, no and phone. I mean, you had your phone, but, mm -hmm. you know, you had to call at the perfect time because they were gone. Right. And, and it kind of... Uh it's like it, it clearly didn't miss a generation, but you weren't so tapped in when he was super active with it. You would go to gun shows together, as you said right. earlier in this interview. You didn't but, think it was valuable. That we're stupid. We're, you know, one thing my dad didn't teach the hubris me. of youth, right? My dad Somebody's got it. Right. My dad didn't teach anybody in my family, which he should have taught mm -hmm. is the, the, the freedom. It's that mentoring piece. And yeah. I think that we are trying to get better about that in this generation. Because I had but to learn I, it myself and wake up and go, hey, wait a minute, our rights are being yeah. are trampled on. And then I go, oh, that's what my dad did. I know. You know. But I think the conversations that your dad and I, right, as his daughter-in-law, the conversations mm -hmm. we could have together now, completely different. And it, I, 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 
I wish that I had started in advocacy sooner when he was still right. with us, because that would have been a whole new part of our relationship. Oh, he'd have been so proud. I think he would have been incredibly proud sure. of the work that together right. you and I do. And now his granddaughter, Cassie, our daughter, uh, gets it, is, is helping with, she is our right arm with all that we do. Um, so it's, it's a wonderful thing, but that photograph was just this, right. oh my stars. And I we knew we just don't think about, you know, really that connection. I mean, we know we right. stand on the shoulders of giants, but to have that connection in a photograph was amazing. Right. And it, you know, at 10, 15 years old, you know, you knew that your dad needed help. So you'd help him run the printing press or to help him hand out flyers at gun shows or antique shows or whatever. But we didn't know is why he did it. Yeah. We why. knew, but not Gosh. really why. You're so right. right. You're so so right. anyway. All right. Well, we need to start wrapping up and what, uh, well, first let me thank our amazing guest and wish her happy birthday one more time, Miss Amanda Suffolk, as uh, she does 2A on the runway, uh, along with a bunch of other things. Uh, also, our amazing listeners, thank yeah. you so much uh, for listening, not just here in Arizona, not just our neighboring states, not just across the United States, but across the world, around right. the globe, uh, anywhere that you are allowed, Cuba, I'm looking at you. China, I'm looking at you, allowed to have free and unfettered access to information on the internet. I guess we got to look at ourselves. Because yeah, because we're allowed to right now. We're allowed to. Yeah, unless you know, you're on, we're permission. on so certain social media sites that right. the government is flagging people, apparently. And yeah, saying, that's a whole show on its own. It really is. When they admit flagging it on, people and information right. saying, yeah, we don't really think that the public should know about this, this thing that this other person said. Right. And then what are the social media companies going to do with that information? Are they just going to go, no, we're good? Or are they going to go, Ooh, yeah, maybe we better uh, take those things down? And, and it's funny. Or are they going to go, well, now we've got, right. phew, we don't have to make the decision. Uh, we agree with the government. We're going to block that person. And Mark Zuckerberg, is that right? And all you guys that are high tech people, you know, you, you got the government to help you get to as strong as you are today. Mm -hmm. But keep in mind that they can take it away from you. And if you don't follow their rules, they're going to take it away from you. So they built you to what they wanted you to be. Allowed you to, allowed be. You yeah. to be. So. And the thing is, they could take it away from you. And they will. Yeah. Well, they look at having in Cuba. Yeah. No exactly. internet, no nothing. You exactly. can't, you can't get a message across. Absolutely. So everywhere that internet you know, free and unfettered access to internet and information is allowed. We have listeners and those listeners, you, you all out there, uh, you are where the rubber meets the road. You take these conversations, uh, the ideas that our subject matter experts share with us, and you have conversations around your dinner tables and your carpools and at, at uh, you know, where, wherever your, your community meets. And, and that is everything. And we appreciate that. So thank you. Uh, if you've missed any portion of the show and you like to watch it on video, go to YouTube, maybe, right? Are we still allowed on YouTube? Uh, on GunStreamer, which is sort of, uh, you know, a very 2A friendly YouTube uh, site, YouTube-esque site, um, and also the smartphone um, Ops Lens app. And if you like to listen to the audio only version while you're, you know, having a jog or mowing the lawn or driving across town, 
then go to gunfreedomradio.com, click the On Demand tab, and binge listen to your heart's content. Darling. And if you'd like to see photos and bios and links to everything that our guests have done, go to the guest tab. All right. Until next time, please, seriously, and and, and Wait a regularly. Wait a minute. This just come up on the computer. Mm-hmm. It's the word of the day showing up on our, Read it. our laptop. Infantilize. Treat someone as a child or in a way. Oh, it went away. Uh, yes, kind of like what our so like what the government's doing to, to us. It's it's funny that that popped up right there. Treat somebody as a child, absolutely. So um, please pray for our nation. Pray for our the people that have been put in leadership positions, all of them, even the ones you don't like, maybe especially the ones you don't like. Yeah. And until next time, be good to each other. Have a 